Hello and welcome to the latest exciting instalment of RDC. I'm Martin and this week I'm joined by Abby. Hiya. And Abby, you've brought along a very special guest today. I have. I have brought along with me a Mr. James Sutton. Hello. How's it going? So James Sutton, who are you and why? Oh, who am I and why? Um, I am, well, it depends what we what we're going for here effectively I'm, I'm mostly a prop maker who does sort of doctor who related things and why uh non sort of consenting uh birth from parents they just sort of decided <laughs> it for me I, I don't know what you want like I, they, they just went yeah i'm gonna have a baby and now i'm here like, well, like how specific are we talking <laughs> like, abby just invited me on like an hour ago so um <laughs> so again god <laughs> welcome to the joy of a podcast yeah yeah, so how's your week been, both of you? So, I went oh. to Chissington this week. Again? Oh no, I already said that last time. My weeks are all confusing. We're doing well already, Martin. Just got so, an annual pass at this point. Should just yeah. wear every what day. Have I done? What have I done this week? Hmm. Oh, we planned the TT getaway. Um, a bunch of TTers are going away to Bristol for the weekend, next oh, weekend. Nice. Uh, so we started getting all that together and figuring out what's what and who's who and all that stuff. So that'll be fun. Get away from the get away from London for a bit, you know. And you're about to launch a new podcast, aren't you? Oh yeah, the Dripping Hartnell podcast. You know, because that's what's the name? Yep, you heard it. Guess who named that one? Um, yeah, Dripping Hartnell podcast. So it's basically myself, Connor Chadwick, Aidan O'Connor, and Jimmy Wolf. Uh, we're watching different episodes of Who and then just like commenting as we go along. This, you know, it's nothing original, but I, I started, I, I, because obviously Doctor Who's not been on telly for such a long time, I've kind of started losing love for it in a way. So it's kind of making me sit and watch episodes again and actually engaging with like the Who community a little bit more than I have been, you know? Excellent. Yeah, I can understand that. And I launched a new podcast this week. It's called Mark Meets, and it's where I interview people that I find interesting. The first episode is up now, and it's an interview with the host of the Dead Eyes podcast, Connor Ratliff. Oh yes, that's on my that's on my to listen list. So, have you guys um, read the Rolling Stone interview that Shooter Gatwood did? I haven't yet. I've been meaning to pick up a copy, but I've I've been busy today, so I haven't been able to get out. All I saw, all I saw, was the front cover. It's caused a bit of ruckus in the Doctor Who fan community. Oh, no. Because he mentions about going back to theatre after he's finished Series 2 of Doctor Who. So people are taking that to mean he's only doing two series. But they only sign up for two anyway, don't they? Isn't that like their contract now? Everyone, yeah, everyone since Eccleston has signed up for two series with an option for a third. Mm. Right. So, and if you think about it now, the production is currently a year ahead of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like series fourteen airs next year, but this October they start shooting series fifteen. Yes. So it's, there, there's still time, and yeah, neither party has picked up the option yet, as in the BBC or Shooty, probably because they've not got that far in production yet. I'm yeah. sure once the first series goes out and people see it, and we get an idea of the public's reaction to him. Then we'll hear that he's doing another series. That makes sense, though, to be fair. Especially if he's only contracted for two, that's what he's going to say for now, rather than speculating the other way and being like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll look into doing theatre in seven years' time. You know, he's better off. I mean, you can't make promises, can you? No, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to be here for 10 years. (laughs) I'm going to outdo Tom Baker. They all say that. 
well, man, <laughs> because the the production is such a grueling task these days. Fifteen-hour days. So I'm not surprised nobody's really done more than three years. No, true. Yeah. If you look at Capaldi from when he started to when he finished, <laughs> it's like a withered owl. Yeah. <laughs> it drains you. Yeah. It's at the end of Last of the Crusades. Just, just Last of the Crusades. Last Crusade. Come on. I had words. <laughs> Christ. Oh, have you two seen the new Indiana Jones? I have. I was there the first screening on the first day. I was I was straight in there. Um, I It's one of those things that, like, I understand why people aren't enjoying it, but I really enjoyed it because I just didn't. I've, I've learned to turn off my brain when I'm watching things nowadays because if I turn it on, then I'll be going, well, that didn't make sense, did it? So then I just turn it off and I have a better time. So Fair. it's, yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm I, I, I one of these people that only watched the first Indiana Jones about two weeks ago under the guide of Mr. Sutton, basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't seen any of them. So yeah. it was like, watch it, Abigail. And I was like, okay. Yeah, no, it's 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 good. It, it's the, the thing is, the first one's brilliant. And if you enjoy the first one, you'll... um. You'll, you know, you'll like the rest of them, basically, as far as yeah, I can tell. Yeah, well, except the fourth one. I mean, I like the fourth one, but most people don't like the fourth one. <laughs> you know, I, I don't hate any of them. No, like, I think they're all solid films. Like, I would happily sit down and watch any of them, but, I, you know, people didn't enjoy The Fridge. So, I get it. <laughs> all right, so we're here today to talk about an infamous, uh, infamous episode of Torchwood. He's thought about it so much, you can't even say the word infinite. I can't. I can't. And it is day one, otherwise known as the horny. Let's <laughs> clarify, day one of, of series one, not day one of Children of Earth as well. Yeah, <laughs> so, there's two of them. <laughs> there's two episodes called day one. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> but the original working title for this was New Girl or something like that, I believe. So perhaps. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's meant to be the, the first day of work from hell. Mm. So I'll come to you, James, first, because you're our guest. What was going on in your life in 2006? <laughs> uh, um, We're well, going to fly Martin. I was seven. Um, <laughs> so oh, uh, Younger than my... Yeah, no, no I was... Uh, so 2006 uh, would have been year two, I believe. <laughs> uh, so I would have probably have just grasped times tables... Um, I <laughs> I distinctly remember being in the playground. You in distinctly a sort of... remember not watching Torchwood. Um, yes, I did not watch Torchwood in 2006. I watched the first ever episode of Torchwood I saw was um from Out of the Rain. I remember seeing the Ghost Maker's face at the car door, and I think that one of the episodes where Jack and Yanto just start snogging, and I was kind of I kind of sat there and went. Okay, okay, fine. Um, but I went probably too adult for me, and then I didn't watch it again until I was about 14, um, at which point I was like, oh, all right, this is great. This is edgy as hell. I'm, I'm in. Um, so, yeah, no, 2006, I, I have no memories of this show for you. I don't even remember, like, advertisements for this show, really, besides vague ones like the Radio Times that came out at the time. I remember seeing that and thinking, God, how big of a character is Susie going to be? Like she looks great. Like I bet she's in every episode. And then went, oh, and but her special skills are welding and and welding, and she's also second in command and welded in charge of the glove. And 
there's nothing else on this page. Why has everyone else got a Bible? You know, so uh, that, was, that was about it, really. <laughs> Listen, if you meet someone who can weld, you hold them close. Sure. Yeah, I can weld. So <laughs> I, well, I hold me close. I'm, I'm always with me. <laughs> Abby, did you watch this one at the time? No, no. Because this is this, it's the same scenario as last the last one we spoke about. Because, like I said, 2006, I was in the military. So I was shut off from the world at this point. Yeah. So this was the first time I'd watched this whole episode because, right. So in our kind of Overton, Toverton kind of chat we've got going on, obviously they discovered that I hadn't really watched Torchwood because, as I said, I lived a sheltered life for 10 years because Royal Navy. And uh, they were like, oh, you've not even seen the one with the sex gas? No. Proceeds to share screen and show me one scene of this whole episode. And that is all I have seen since I sat down today and watched the episode. <laughs> so now what I have more context. Oh, the scene when Gwen's making out with the girl in the cell because, okay. yeah. I could have guessed that one, to be fair. Like, it was either that or it was the bathroom scene. Like, yeah. it one of the two. But I had no context. And I was just like, oh, okay. Gwen's making out with a girl. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this broadcast the same day as Everything Changes, immediately uh-huh. afterwards, had a viewing figure of about 2 million. Damn. Which was the biggest biggest audience BBC Three had had. At that I, I say, was this th- it was on BBC Three when it originally aired, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And this is my ex's favourite episode of Torchwood. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I remember after the first one aired, this one came on, and she went, now that's more like it. And ever if you ask her about Tortured now, she's like, uh, never really got as good as it did with that second episode. Yeah. I mean, I like the second episode. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I imagine it's a controversial opinion, but i got nothing against this story, really, besides it's obviously not as strong as some of the other ones, but I, I, I think there's an unnecessary level of just despise for this thing. I'm like, I, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable in comparison to some of the others like i've watched fear her like this can't be any worse than that (laughs) i do i do feel like this was just diving in the deep end it's like this is what torchwood is going to be look sex we are not who and it was very much a case of we're showing you the difference and we're showing you the difference straight away rather than kind of like spoon feeding it in it's like straight away orgasm alien done this is torchwood yeah, when I was when I was researching this, there's a quote from Russell T. Davis where he says, "If you do an adult sci-fi show, it's inevitable that you're going to reach a horny gas monster." Yeah. <laughs> well, not if you don't write it. <laughs> That's true. True. If you, if you don't if you don't create it, it won't happen. But I mean, if they were going to do it, I imagine this is this is the only way I could really think of this happening. To be fair, but like it is, it is a bit edgy it's 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 very that that's the only way i could describe it it feels like an edgy teenager has written this episode um and so that's probably why when i was 14 i was like this is excellent this is high art my god why have i been denied this cinema all this all of my life um but uh you know watching i rewatched it uh, just before we came on here and i'm sitting there thinking it's not terrible some of the dialogue is 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 very ropey in places and some of it makes me question the logic of of some of these things like it does, kind of feel, it does kind of feel fan. Yeah, like if yeah. you told me this was one of the fan Torchwoods that gets made, I'd be like, I get it. But the fact that this was the actual show, I sit there and I go, like, I can enjoy this as a piece of media, but like, it, it is a bit, ooh, okay, right, we're doing this, are we? All right. 
I'll just sit down and, and, and you know, Enjoy. watch. <laughs> See, I think there's a reason for this. If you look at, say, Chris Chibnall's kind of body of work. Mm-hmm. Was this Chris Chibnall? This was Chris Chibnall. I yeah, this was Chris Chibnall. <laughs> You'll do well today, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> This is Chris Chibnall, was it? I'm my uh, painkillers. Yes. This is Chris Chibnall's, if you look look at his body of work, he doesn't really write about sex Mm. unless it's like this horrendous thing was forced on this person. Like when he does his crime dramas, he writes about that, but he doesn't write about, oh, sex is fun and we love it. It's not kind of in his wheelhouse. This feels more like a Russell T. Davis. Do you reckon Russell just like pitched in the, he pitched the idea to the room Nobody raised their hand and he just went, do you want it, Chris? And Chris just went, okay, sure. To be marvellous, you've got the sex gas. You could do the sex gas, Chris. It'd be amazing. He's like, yeah, okay, cool. I imagine oh, so, because okay. there's a general outline of things that gets given to, like when um, when Moffat had to do The Empty Child, he got given, it's it's the 1940s, et cetera, et cetera, this is it. So there probably would have been a parameters given to him of going, sex gas, enjoy. Um, and him going, oh, sex? Okay, right, sure. And and this is the result of that. That's, I I don't know, actually know what Chris Chibnall sounds like really. So that's that's not an official impression of the man. <laughs> there is there is a corresponding episode of Angel that this is kind of ripping off. Of course, yeah. Right. So in the second ever episode of Angel, which is a Buffy the Vampire spinoff, for anyone who doesn't, know, there's a demon that possesses people after it has sex because it's looking for a perfect host body, but it can only do that after they've had sex. And yeah, there's a lot of parallels with this one. It's definitely it was definitely used like we were saying last time, it's definitely been used as kind of a basis for like who spin off type scenarios. But it, it works. And you can cut you kinda of hide it away because it's kind of a different era of people, so they get away with it. Plus, like you were saying, you can't really come across a sci fi or a supernatural show without some sex gas in there somewhere. <laughs> So, yeah, John Barrowman was simultaneously filming a documentary about his life when this episode was filming. I bet that's a big seller now. Did so it make it in? There's footage of his mum and dad kind of interacting with the girl playing the sex gas. Karis. Yeah. Yeah, interestingly, she was Gareth David Lloyd's girlfriend at the time. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. That's fun. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's how she got the job, but I imagine it didn't hurt. It's the people you know. <laughs> So, Abby, you first watched it today. Yeah. What were your thoughts? It's okay. Like, like I said, it did kind of feel. It did kind of feel like something that, like, we could have sat on a Zoom and come up with the story arc and all that stuff in the night. It did kind of feel like a fan film. No offense to fan films, because both myself and Sutton get involved in that stuff, so we can't slag it off. But it does feel very much like like a fan film type scenario or like a a Wattpad type read through type thing. Um, but I do feel like it's quite a nice first proper episode for Gwen because I really hate how the first episode ended. So this is, this is qu- it's quite nice how they've de- dealt with Gwen in this episode. Although it did make what's his face, whose name I can't remember, look like an utter twat. Owen. Owen. Yeah. Is he an utter twat all the way through? He gets better in series two, I feel. There, there, there's this throughout series one, he's really unlikable, and then 
Like, I don't get me wrong. I love Owen in general as a sort of thing, but I feel like in the first series, they hadn't quite worked out exactly what they were going to do with him. And then in the second series, it becomes very much Owen-centric in a way towards the sort of mid part of it, um, I feel. And then at that point, they kind of went, okay, well, we've got fragments. There's that backstory for him, Um, which when you think about that backstory and then you think about this first series, I kind of go, how did that happen? How did we get from point A to there like i can understand a little bit but this is like a completely different person there and there um so i just don't think there's a lot of consistency with him between each series so yes he does get better but i think they basically oh, just good. changed his entire character yeah they just scrapped him out and started again no, nobody's liking this character let's change him okay cool yeah but no gwen gwen in this story she is it's it's completely like reflective of if when you get a new job like a hundred percent. I know it's, it's involving like alien sex gas and all that stuff, blah 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 blah. But she makes mistakes. And she's trying to say sorry every twenty seconds, and that that is literally anybody when they start a new job, you know. Well, I think nothing in this episode is Gwen's fault. Yeah, she's had no training. They called her into work the day before she started. <laughs> She'll be fine. We'll just push her in the deep end like the viewers. It'd be great. And yeah. Owen's off with, but they're all a little bit off with her. And I was wondering, are they meant to be grieving Susie? Mm. There was some Susie hints throughout this episode. I, I noticed on the, the behind them in one scene, there was some sort of um, retro sort of arcade gaming stuff. And on there, there was a big thing that said uh, like high scores and stuff, and it said Susie on it. Um, and I was I was like fascinated that that was still up and in the background, effectively, of the shots to sort of keep her presence there. Oh, that's nice. Um, but yeah, so there was there was a few things. I, I as a prop person, I just spent this entire episode like going, oh, that's the, like for instance the armory, like um, the Sycorax swords are in there, and the cyber guns, and then the bit from Matt Smith's TARDIS is on the table. And I was just sitting there going, this is this is all just chunk. They just filled the sort every random bit of stuff they could fit in the prop cupboard. <laughs> what's I, what's I mean, what... the BBC cupboard? Let's just put that. In the face <laughs> I've, I've got one of the uh, I've got one of the screen used guns behind me at the moment that was in the oh, armor. Of course you have. <laughs> of course I do. Yeah, obviously, you know, I do. I've got Owen's outfit in front of me. Um, but I was just there like, this is very weird. I, I hadn't noticed this before. But yeah, if you just look in, in the background, you just see so many Doctor Who props. Oh, that's cool. I know later in the series we get the vote Saxon posters. Mm. Yes, yeah. in Captain J. Agnes, isn't it? What do you make of the hub, James? Oh, the hub is the most beautiful set that's ever been constructed. There's, there will never be anything as gorgeous as this massive, beautiful, expansive um, set that's so immersive. I, this story really showcased it for me as well. Like the last one, you got to see a bit of it and so on, but there's a lot more sort of running down the corridors and, and they go into the conference room to have that sort of um, food bit and there's a lot of sort of walking around the different rooms and... I just think it's it's one of the most beautiful sort of sets that's ever been constructed in that sense. And I was sort of saddened when they turned it into Matt Smith's TARDIS um, later on, um, because obviously that's uh, it felt like destroying art, uh, which is why only like the door survives now, because they took that out to put the TARDIS doors there. So one thing we were talking about last time, we were talking about um, torture sets, and I was I brought up Time Fracture, James. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah. Torchwood set in Time Fracture because Martin sadly never went. Ah, yeah. Oh. Well, I got to work on the the, the Torchwood Time Fracture yeah. set. Um, so, um, oh, really? yeah, no. So I I, I did the um I, I what did I do? I did the Jubilee Pizza Box graphics for that, which was fun. And then I just sort of went around the room and told them where to put things, basically. Um, and I supplied like a picture of Queen Victoria because there was this, the general idea of the Time Fracture set was that it was split in two. 
um, the fracture had gone down the middle, and so half of it was Victorian torchwood, and half mm-hmm. of it was pre- uh, sort of you know 2006 torchwood. Um, and so on one half there was like Queen Victoria and the uh, you know the mistletoe um, on the on the on the walls and and a few other little Easter eggs like that. And they actually had screen used props in there as well. So there was like the notes um, of from when Jack is captured by them, and it's like transcripts of his conversations that he's had in pubs. Um, you know, one day that went for when I see the doctor next, first I'll kiss him, then I'll kill him, or whatever it is, like that kind of thing. Uh, all of those were actually on the desk in Time Fracture, and I was just there, like, please don't, please don't damage those, don't <laughs> keep an eye on those things. Like, yeah, like, I, like, and loads of stuff in there. Like a lot of the uh, the 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 props on the desk wall from the original hub set. Um, so that was really cool. But yeah, it was a really nice thing to be able to bring that back to life after so long. Because it had the wall with the torch. With the yeah, it had like the, 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 the rounded wall and stuff, didn't it? it, was, it was yeah, yeah. And then but they had Owen Slabco in there as well, which was really fun because uh, we got to track down all the, the badges on it. Because um, he's, he's got a bunch of vintage badges and so they were all in there. Anyway, I could just talk to you forever about random details. So well, I, this, though, I didn't know they ripped the torchwood set up and made it Matt Smith's TARDIS. Well, um, the set became the Cyber King in in Next Doctor. If when when all of the kids are working inside of the inside of the Cyber King, that's actually the Torchwood set redressed. And if you look, you'll notice it. And then, yeah, if you look at Matt Smith's TARDIS, there was one behind the scenes thing where they shot the camera from a different angle, and you can see the the red dragon still on the wall um, in, in amongst the set. But if you really think about the levels of Matt Smith's TARDIS, you can see the hub again. Basically, yeah. um, basically, what they just took out the water tower bit and built a platform, I think, in the center and put the console on that bit for the glass floor. But oh, most it. of it's still similar. Yeah, Christ. Because yeah, that's when they move studios, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I can't remember with Doctor Who used to film. I can't remember where he used to film, but it was about twenty minutes away from the bay, and Torchwood was always filmed by the bay of that studio. Mm-hmm. Now, Rofe Lock, I think. So I yes. think I think Torchwood was always at Rofe Lock, which, yeah, just by the thing. And then I think Doctor Who moved there. At that point, they went, oh, I've already got the set here, so we'll just... Re- reuse it. I think, I think the hub and the TARDIS may have been in the same place at the same time. So, because there were, there were Doctor Who filming that went on. For instance, if you look in the behind the scenes of The Doctor's Daughter, when Jenny's practicing doing her backflips, they're actually doing that in the Torchwood Morgue set. Um, and then when they did all, yeah, no, if you look, you'll see the tortured morgue doors and the, on, on one side of the room and the green screen bit, because obviously it was like a matte yeah. painting for the, 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 besides them, but there was actually the, the actual morgue bit the, at the back. Um, and then there was like, when they did the waters of Mars, because I think of the, the water channels in the floor of the Torchwood hub, where obviously there was actual water flowing through the set, they did all the tests of the, the, the water zombies, the flood in there. So it didn't. Like ruin the floor, so um, all the behind the scenes of they that. Definitely got a good, they definitely got a good use out of that set. Oh yeah, they got their money's worth out of that thing. Like any any time they needed something like that, they were they were straight in that building. Um, what about so. see? Uh, do you know one set? And it's 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 the simplest set within this kind of Torchwood hub thing. But I just love the prison cells. Oh, the prison cells are so beautifully simplistic in the sense of the way, and also the way they tessellate when you think about it. So the doors at the back of the cell, and then there's doors on the wall of the cell behind them to act like there's a load of cells going, like when you open the doors behind you, you go into another cells, yeah. and then there's another room next to it with more cells, and they just kept doubling it up. I, just, I, love, just... I just love the fact that um, there's like, they're not clean. There's like splatter marks all along the cells, like they've been there for years. 
Uh, it's like little, little thing, little details like that. I absolutely my, my like. favorite figure is to look at the hole cutters because they've clearly gone where they've gone. Okay, how, what are we doing for this? And they went, all right, we'll just get different hole cutter sizes. So they've just gone through and drilled those those holes in the window sections. Um, and I just love to see if they've done it straight or not because some of them are going like up and down and up and down. I'm like, someone's clearly just gone. All right, I'll do. And then we'll go over <laughs> here, and then we'll go down there, and then we'll go up there. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's they are beautiful little sets though, and I think they're very underappreciated. I'd say in 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 the grand scheme of the hub, but they do their job wonderfully. Yeah, it feels old and lived in and kind of grimy. Uh, yeah, I like the cells. Yeah, yeah, I think they're also they they were used in the or or they're meant to have been there originally when they when the first hub was made anyway. So there's a level of that they're meant to still be sort of Victorian in a way, industrial with the sort of big iron doors, Steam and then maybe they've upgraded that's... the glass in them. Sorry, Abby, did you get to say something? Then? No. Before, before Abby said something. Oh. Okay. So I remember at the time when this episode first aired, I, went, I used to be a member of the SFX forum, and I'd go on there every day. And people were really kicking off about how old Keris is, that she's only 19, and they made her do all this stuff. And I must have been 22, 23 when I first watched it. And I remember thinking, she's an adult. 19's an adult. When I watched it today as a 41-year-old man, all I could think is she's three years older than my son. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's one reason why this works, because they've got someone who you wouldn't think, you know, she looks, she comes across as kind of like a shy, kind of quite young, not experienced. And that's, that's, that's why this sex gas things worked, because if they got someone older and a bit more, I don't, I, I just don't think this sex gas thing would have worked as much. Or Gwen would have had as much sympathy for. I think it's more, I, I, I it's more the, it's more the sympathy thing from Gwen, yeah. kind of. I think you feel badder for her because of that. And I think obviously, like you know, the, all of this is obviously awful. But the sense of like you know, when you get to the Ghost Maker episode, there's like a child that dies, and I think there's a you know, all of Children of Earth, you know, <laughs> children die. So like they, they've gone for younger effectively as well. And so I think there's a level of because she's she's of uh, of that age it's effectively that's why you're like this is a really weird weird twisted story and i guess that adds to the sort of shock value of it mm. when you watch it in that sense um but i can completely understand why we, people will be kicking off about it because it is kind of grim you know yeah so. i say but I, I do think it's more so that gwen can be like more sympathetic towards her mm. like but once again, she's older than the new companion, so... <laughs> That's true. Oh, God. Time. So, we've got to talk about the wanking bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean the finest character in all of cinema? This, uh, I, I love that man. For like, he, like, It was one of those scenes that I'm like, this is he's so grim as a character but also every time he showed up on screen i was laughing i was just like like the the bit where he's he's like watching them boys or whatever it was at the start i was just there like excellent excellent and then when it cuts to him doing it it's like oh that's grim but also at the same one of time hilarious because it's so like oh my god okay right we're just doing this and then it cuts back to him it's like very shocking to watch that was and i was just there like this is this is ludicrous but actor wanted actor wanted to wank in doctor who spin-off series (laughs) Was it, I wonder if that was the call. <laughs> he told them what he was doing when he found them. He didn't. He, yeah, he wasn't like, oh, I just so happened to be looking at the CTV footage at the time. No, he was full on like, yeah. He's a very that. honest bouncer, and I, I've got to respect the honesty. Would you rather have lied? You know, this is. I think it would have, it would have been funny if he was like, oh, I was doing my rounds, but then it cut to what he was really doing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, I, I just so happened to look look at the CCTV for that mere second. So it's like, yeah. So, like uh, from Unicorn, the Wasp, where he's like, I was wondering, Lemley is the proverbial cloud and it just cuts to him with his boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you think that's his camera in the toilets? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was club policy. No. <laughs> no, well, there, there probably wouldn't have been cameras allowed in the toilet. Well, it was 2006, so maybe there would have been cameras. I can't remember. I wasn't there. I wasn't allowed at clubs. Seven. <laughs> yeah, I, I was seven. <laughs> I was down the funky fun house or the bowling alleys. <laughs> I love I love that they just have sex on the sink and the other girls <laughs> just leave the toilet like, oh, Christ, here we go again. In all fairness, yes. The ADR in all of this is is so. I was I was that was the thing that got me the most. Like when Karis is on the phone outside, she's very clearly not speaking at all, and and then she turns <laughs> around, and like none of it is synced up. And then the girls in the club, like when they go out, they go, "Oh, it's nearly closing time anyway. We better go." And I'm just like, "What? <laughs> this yeah, is very casual." The ADR yes. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when she goes to confront her ex boyfriend, they're slightly off there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's all a little bit out. I will say though that the the gas effect was quite good. I I, I was I was watching it thinking this isn't actually that bad, like quality wise or anything. Mm. There's some ropey moments, but in general, I I, I didn't find that affected age too poorly. Um, in the ground, well, it still works. It still works definitely, but it can't be that hard to make gas. Surely, I don't know. I've never done this effects, but <laughs> what do you think of the way Jack's written in this episode? Um, he. He was in it, wasn't he? Um, so, <laughs> no, uh, that Jack, Jack for me throughout all of Torchwood, but more so series one though, is just kind of I'm here to be mysterious and just vague in the background, and then occasionally tell people not to do that because that's not the way Torchwood does things. And it's like, oh, okay, right. Well, so throughout this, he's kind of a bit blasé, but he makes a lot of random sort of weird references, doesn't he? Like the point where it's just like them all just being like watching Gwen on the monitor and I was sitting there thinking like at least Toshiko should have gone should we get her out of there like should she not like I know she does but like would you not have gone immediately isn't she gonna kill her like should we not be like on this like I would just say like just gonna record a bit first yeah don't mind me and you just say like what what sorry weird creepy your mate's gonna die in there it does make me laugh how, like you're saying, how Jack's kind of written like this mysterious person but obviously we all know who he is well to an extent we all kind of know who he is. Like, but nobody was like, Jack, what's with the hand, dude? Or Gwen <laughs> never said to anyone, like, why didn't he just run after somebody with a hand? Like, nobody, she she, she didn't even question it. Mm. And she's just, she's just like, oh, it's just Jack. It's just Jack being Jack, just, just ignoring us what he does. Like, <laughs> yeah, I do, I, but I do think he, like you were saying previously, I do think it's, they do have that underlying issue with all the team, with the whole, still grieving element in this episode as well so i i I think that's that's kind of an element with jack in this episode yeah i've i've found i found this with big finish as well but very few writers can write jack properly Mm. and i mean like jack is flirty he's cheeky but he's not a pervert yeah there's a couple of comments he makes in this about um gwen not looking like a little girl because she's got all the curves and right places yeah that's not jack excellent yeah. bottom there was yeah there's a few things that are like i i get but he sort of evolved from that point more so like there's an occasional cheeky comment like the the came and went feels like it's in character uh I, I the just, same I, way I, when i was ashamed that i laughed at that 
Uh, it's, I, I every time I say it along with them, like that's the that's the one line in this that I'm just there like they came and went because it's the same way in meat when they're just talking and they're walking along. It's like, have you ever eaten alien meat? And he goes, yeah, once or twice or whatever it is. And she goes, uh, how was it? And then well, he didn't seem to mind or whatever it was. That that line, I just said, they're going. That's funny. That's the right level <laughs> of just. Sometimes there's just too much. And same with Owen. I feel like Owen. He is a bit weird throughout most of series one, but this episode especially, he's sort of beyond weird in this one and and and, and creepy. Um, so that's a shame. I think he was recording it to try and flog it to the bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> Sell that on bit of money. Send this to Dave on Charles Street. Yeah, that'll be twenty pounds. Thank you very much. <laughs> I do like the scene where she's walking down the high street and she's just bombarded by sexual advertising. Oh, that that one is one of the sort of clever, like, I, I think that's really a sort of a good bit of commentary on how much society perpetuates sex, sex and sex selling, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. So, like, all of that is is really interesting to see because all of that would have been mostly found as well, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain. Some of it would have been put, put there deliberately. But some of that would have been in the same way when they needed statues for Blink at the end. They actually just walked around Cardiff mostly taking pictures of statues. Mm. Um, so it, yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting sort of piece. Also to think about, uh, weirdly in a sort of prop way, seeing adverts of that time. It was nice to sort of go around and go like, oh, cool. This is like a, like if you looked at this from a purely, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of looking at Cardiff. This is, this is a great look at Cardiff. Um, <laughs> not that anyone probably does that, just for me. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, I I also just love that uh, Gwen gets a text that just says Torchwood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's all you need. That's all you know. It's sometimes when I want to talk to my mates, all I send is the word Zoom. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and then the Zoom link will appear. So, Zoom. Do you know why? Why use many words when you can get what you need through one? Um, that's true. I did like that we saw a little bit of Gwen and Reese's life. Oh, we love a bit of Reese. You know, they yeah. cinema, they go and bowl in. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of, of, of Reese, um, and I feel terrible for him throughout series one um, because Gwen doesn't treat my mans right, um, which is a shame. Uh, but um, yeah, it's just really nice to see those sort of moments before Torchwood ruins it all. But I also do like the way that you see that kind of development across the series where she slowly changes from, in this episode, questioning do they have outside you know what what do they have outside of this work and them all being like <laughs> good luck with that one nothing you know that's that's the end of your relationship with this man and then throughout the series you slowly see her become more like them and and reese gets sort of shunned a bit i will say this i loved that when the meteor thing went over she grabbed his hand and they ran down the alleyway like she was the doctor. She was literally dragging him like it was very Doctor Who. It was kind of, I was like, I love this. This is a secret. This is secretly a nod. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, it was, it was, it was really nice to sort of see that element of Gwen taking a bit more chart, almost like same when she sees Andy, like when she goes, oh, you guys can go home. It was nice to see the development of her. While she's not fully integrated with the Torchwood team, she's still coming to terms with what she's having to do with the other people in her life mm. about where she is now in this position. So there's a sort of slow change in that mindset moving forwards. But in the same way as well, she kept going, wait, is that crimin or whatever it's called? Um, the police thing, you're not meant to have that. And then throughout the thing, she's she's learning that, okay, oh, no, I've got to use to. 
yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Us, not you. Yeah, yeah. Get used to saying we rather than which is French for yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I ran out of anecdote. I'm sorry. I've, 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 I need to figure something else. You're grand. It's all right. It's all right. I think maybe Jack's lost a bit of humanity because, you know, skipping forward, he's about a thousand years old at this point. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You find out in, in fragments how long he's been there. Was Is he a thousand? Wasn't he there yeah, from like, like the Victorian? Victorian actually. Yeah. I think it's because I think he lands, he's, he's still looking for the doctor trying to find hope when he sort of lands in the Victorian era which was sort of the 1890s so he probably was there a little bit before then but he's still very much because he says in that in fragments wait he's not going to be here for another i've got to wait another hundred years for my doctor to coincide or whatever it is that that i'm thinking i'm thinking of the jack at the end of series two okay yeah i've got my timeline completely off yeah yeah after that point because yeah then he's been buried for that long period of time so at this point he's only a couple of hundred years old Um, Well, yeah, but uh, thousands of the hundreds are completely different sort of range. I feel like after that point, Jack becomes, especially after that point, he becomes a little bit more sort of serious, I feel, in the in the way he goes into Children of Earth after that, because I think he starts to realise a little bit more that it isn't all fun and games and, and, and so on. I do um, question Jack being in charge of Torchwood. Oh, yeah, no, he should totally not be in charge of Torchwood. He's a terrible leader. He is like, he, everything he does is is wrong most of the time um and it, it, like most of the time gwen's going no but we got to do it like this and jack goes no that's we can't do it like that and then she does it and then he goes okay that that worked and it's like oh, <laughs> everything you do is wrong jack and then and then occasionally they mess up like obviously like when they uh, i won't say because obviously uh, abby hasn't seen the rest of it but when they do something towards the end of series one he goes i told you not to do that and they're like well how else were we meant to solve that problem? How how else bang? You know, like like what's what's the general, you know, thing with that? But um, because yeah. in um in Torchwood for Big Finish, he's not in charge, is he? Uh, with the continued um, stories, he's got a boss. Yeah, I I do feel like that works better. Yeah, oh, yeah, completely. I I really enjoyed the continued series when the boss sort of was put into place because I was like, this is this is what I'm here for. Like, you know, you, you you Torchwood needs a boss figure more so in the vein of like, you know, like Torchwood One's a Von Hartman kind of style of thing. Like you need someone more so like that that is gonna get things done. I think the reason why Cardiff's lot is so ragtag is because of how lax Jack is with the whole thing. Um, which causes a lot of things like when you see him in fragments and you see him as a sort of field operative more so i sit there and go that makes complete sense he is completely the sort of the side character that you know the, the second in command character that's a bit cocky whilst there's meant to be a sort of I, i'd say it's almost like if anyone saw primeval where yeah. you had like you had ben miller's character and you had nick cutter and and all of his team yeah you need that, a ben miller yeah like i see i see very much owen is sort of steven from that and then there's sort of um, anyway, we're not going down the rabbit hole of Primeval, but uh, it was an excellent show. Uh, I missed it. <laughs> I, I laughed when Jack says usual formation, and then Gwen says, what's the usual formation? And Owen says, it varies. That that was a really good line. I was sitting there going, all right, that was good. That was funny, because that's that's an excellent commentary on the fact that it's just, it's just there's, no, there's no planning for any of this, really. But that was... Um, no, I just think that was really clever on 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 that part. Because sometimes in these things, you get a line, you go, "Good," 
that was good dialogue. I'm, I'm pleased with that. And I also unintentionally laughed where Owen calls the army amateurs. <laughs> yeah. I was like, look at this team. And I've always wondered how long has this team been together when we first meet them? Well, um, fragments suggest that I think Tosh would have been like only there a few years. Yeah. Same with Owen, really. Because when I think when I Tosh was in charge in 2000. Yeah. And so it can only have been at least the last six years, in theory, um, that all of them have sort of appeared. And then Owen, I think Owen's was like five years before. Yeah, before the the series is meant to be in there, so he probably would have been like two thousand and one that they really picked him up. Yanto obviously shows up after Tortured One, so that's got to be like he's only been there like a year or a few months or whatever at that point. Um, and then Susie uh, was was there for a while, I believe. I think Susie was there um, around the same time as Tosh and Owen, effectively. We know we know Tosh and Owen were there actually from two thousand and five because they were in the uh, space pig situation. So they both have been there. Oh yeah, that bit. So that 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 coincides there. Shows you much uh, attention I pay, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm I'm a specialist case. So <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to spend this much time thinking about these things. Like when we when because obviously we write the tortured fan stuff. Um, I'm constantly thinking about what is going on at this point in time. If I'm making a reference to the past, because if I go, oh, the Cardiff lot are doing this who is the Cardiff lot who am I referring to so there's just been a sort of a lot of thinking about that kind of stuff and I don't get why they trust Gwen to do all the interviews with Keris yeah like you said she's had no well fair enough she's police but like I think that is literally the only reason they give isn't it where they go oh well she's the police you know they talk to people don't they um you know so I guess that's their only leg to stand on, but also <laughs> she's not been trained. Let's just put her in the cage with the lion and see what happens. It's, you know, it's it is a bit uh, weird. I'm surprised I didn't put her in the weevil with the amount of care they're giving. I love the weevils. Oh yeah, they're, 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 I think they're one of the most perfect monster designs. Like they are so. Um, I think that the little bit towards the body with the hump is a little bit, um, a little bit ropey around that area, but like the actual animatronic head. And the hands and everything like that, and just a performance from Paul Casey as well inside the the main one and all the other people who performed in them. They're just so perfectly realistic. There's that sort of um, level of you could believe this thing exists somewhere, um, and I, I just think it's such a such a beautiful piece of um, work from Millennium Effects. And they're briefly in Doctor Who. Yes, Pandora opens, isn't yeah. it? When they, yeah, they show up briefly there. That's that was I, when I see that I was like, ah, we've gone the other way now, where it's gone. Ah, right. What monsters have we got in the back room? And they started pulling out all the tools. Was a blowfish there as well? Yeah, one of the hats. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. No, no, as in the the, the one with the sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he he popped up briefly. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Yeah. Thank. Thanks for joining us, James. Thank you for having me. Sorry for talking your ear off. <laughs> right, why don't you tell people where they can find you online? Oh, um, I do a lot of my sort of um, fan audio work on Overton Audios. Um, you can find me directly on Scarecrow Props, which is most on YouTube, on sort of Instagram, uh, you know, all over the shop, really, uh, or Scarecrow Sutton. Um, so, yes. He's on TT as well, I hasten to add. I am also on TT, but I like, <laughs> like, I've appeared in, well, like, 
Two, you're in, three. so you haven't really covered who on TT. You're in Reanimated. He's one of our, I our soldier in Reanimated, yes. Our zombie apocalypse audio, so. Fun yeah. times. <laughs> Abby, you got anything to promote? Other than the new podcast, uh, no, just the new podcast. So that's Dripping Hartnell. So it's not on the TT Productions. It's a completely new channel. So yeah, please go give that a follow because currently we only have like 15 people. So <laughs> Okay, I'll link it in the show description. So you put on the last Dickensian Doctor as well. So we have... so. The first of Dickensian with a companion is out now, uh, Age of Foolishness. So she she finds herself a companion after seven episodes, you know, that a little court could go wrong with that. And we have three more episodes left of her for this year. Yes. So have by the, by the time September comes, that will be it for Dickensian for 2023. All right. Great stuff. I will link all information in the description below. 